Hello and welcome to A Light at the Crossroads, a podcast brought to you by Liminal 11, a mind, body and spirit publishing company with a focus on illustration and comic arts. Coming up, we'll be talking to Fumio Abata all about his work on The Garden, a book he produced with Sean Michael Wilson that was released through Liminal 11. You can see samples of Fumio's beautiful artwork and information on all of our releases at liminal11.com. Our products are available for all good bookshops, as well as selected comic stores and mind, body and spirit supply shops. And now, let's talk to Fumio. Hello, Fumio. Thanks for joining us. Hello, Stephen. Hi. Nice to meet you. So a couple of episodes back, I spoke to your collaborator on The Garden, hmm. and there's an interesting sort of uh, parallel to your lives, isn't there, where Sean was born in Scotland and hmm. moved to Japan, and you were hmm. born in Japan and hmm. then moved to Scotland. Well, yeah, I spent a lot of time in Scotland, but the first, the first place that I arrived in, in the UK was in fact in uh, Gloucestershire. Um, and whereabouts in, in Japan were you born? Uh, I, I was born in Tokyo, so it's a bit boring because <laughs> <laughs> a, a lot of people know about Tokyo now. <laughs> For I think a lot of uh, people in Europe, the idea of anyone describing Tokyo as boring, like the only images we ever see of it is of this incredibly <laughs> glitzy, glamorous, dynamic, exciting place. So. <laughs> Well, yeah, 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 but it's, it's very, I think it's been molded in that way now. So, and, uh, and we've seen this too many times on television and everywhere. So, uh, you, you know, with that in mind, I would imagine, given the sort of different shape of, of comics culture in Japan to a lot of other places, that you were probably immersed in, in manga and comics from a, a young age. Ah, uh, yes, indeed, yeah, exactly. Exactly, yes. I, I, I grew up with that and uh, my first uh, visual training was, was with manga. So, you know, I, I grew my uh, visual sensitivity and uh, languages through reading, reading manga. You know, it's, it's really my, my, my foundation, but also, um, also my limit as well. Were you young when you first started to uh, think about making manga yourself and, and comics? I was very young, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, dreamed of uh, becoming a professional when, when I grew up and uh, so practiced every day. Um, so that was my childhood, <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just drawing, drawing. Uh, but, but I got three, uh, three siblings and I'm the youngest of four. And um, they, they, they are older than me, much older than me. And uh, they, they, they read manga, they bought and read manga. And uh, I was immersed to different genres and different uh, age, age range, you know, for manga. And um, so my sister was reading yeah, the manga for girls. And my eldest brother was reading manga for adults, or grown-ups, basically. So... Now, I was exposed to all that from very young age. Uh, so I, I, I had a very uh, wide range of knowledge about manga uh, compared to my friends. So, but that was, that was really, that was, that was the key. In retrospect, that was the key for my development. I think having an, an older sibling like that can be very important for, for kids, can't it? Where you've got someone, whether it's, music or film or literature of, of any kind you've kind of got someone 
first of all, you're going to have a lot of things around you. There's going to be more material around you than there would be if it was just you. And also, you've kind of got a guide, haven't you? You've got someone to sort of go, try this. If you like this, you might like that. But as you say as well, having three mm. older siblings just means there's much more uh, stuff around yeah. to be handed around. Yeah, it, it was crazy. That Good time <laughs> for manga as well. Good time for the manga. <laughs> I had, uh, I'm, I'm the oldest of two, um, but even having uh, a younger sister meant when I was a kid, I would read her comics after I'd finished reading mine. So that definitely uh, helps to expose you to more sort of stories and ideas and genres than you would if you were just, you know, reading the things that are almost pushed towards you culturally, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and... Uh... And my, my parents do, did not throw anything in book form. <laughs> so even the manga, they, they never threw it out. You know, right, they kept right. it. They kept it so, so in the storage room in a house, in our house in Tokyo, it's just full of old mangas still, Fantastic. which we read. All of us yeah. read, yeah. And some of them probably very pricey now. You know, they're of course, very yeah, yeah. There will be things in there that have gone out of print or... <laughs> Had limited distribution yeah. but i mean yeah it sounds like a sort of treasure trove <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah it was it was good yeah i mean you know i, had, I really had a good uh, good uh, childhood very creative childhood so then your decision to move to the uk to study art was that you you, you said earlier that you sort of felt that manga was your inspiration but also your limit was that a deliberate thing to try and expand the horizons of your, your art and try and learn more styles and develop more? Uh, that's, that's only later. I came to the UK in 1991 and I was, I was 16 years old. I didn't come here to study art. Ah. I, I, I was sent here to get the, like, um, you know, the sixth form education. Right, right. And then I was going, going back to Japan to enter the uh, university there. But I stayed on. I just kept kept on, and um, I chose BGCSE and A level art, and uh, applied for foundation course, art foundation course, and then here we go. And my art education started. It was alien. It was completely different from from manga. You know, I I was at at, at that time that you know I, I I just I wasn't in the environment where in which I could read manga, so. You know, I grew out of it basically. I, I, I was I was completely blown away by the uh, the wealth of you know European art, Western art, and uh, I I got very excited and fascinated by you know art over here, and uh, and I just basically just plunged into it. And then later, when I was when I was set to produce my own work, doing something under my own expression. You know, with my expression and do something that I can that that which I could only do, just myself, only my myself could do. You know, question a lot of things. You know, so many things were already done. So, what would be the uh, new thing? And gradually, gradually, I returned to manga, returned to comic books, basically. But but then I realized my limit uh, because the uh, my a creative foundation was formed by this. Manga, you know, manga conventional languages, which, which isn't too creative, I have to say, compared to modern art. 
and I was very, you know, I, I got really stuck with it. So I, I still got the sen you know, sense of being stuck with how to visually creative with manga form or creative with my comic form, which is which is which is very frustrating. And I want to break them all, but I just don't know. I rely on the manga languages which I grew up with too much. I think manga, again, looking at it from the outside, it does feel like a very sort of demanding industry in the sense of the amount of work you you, you produce and the the sort of the time it's produced in in, in sort of the Japanese industry. So I, I'd imagine, as you say, there's going to be certain sort of ideas and, and methods of working that aren't necessarily going to be conducive to the most uh, sort of expressive, creative ways of doing things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and of course, the uh, I, I realized, I understood that manga is and was entertainment, always entertainment, and um, it's like Hollywood movie. And of course, in among among Hollywood productions, there are classics. You know, and people talk about these classics for decades and decades. You know, so there are mangas which are like classics. Which broke broke the mold and and uh, and winning respect, but the uh, the general public do not ex uh, expect manga to be creatively exciting, especially in 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 the visual. It's manga is it's it's a bit of like a, like a film, like watching a film or TV series. So you know people read manga as. They may be, you know, they as 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 though, you know, as may they watch the, uh, uh, you know, sitcoms, something that they're hooked with, you know, all these uh, drama things, series and stuff like that. So people get hooked with the characters, <laughs> and uh, and series goes on and goes on. Um, it's like Coronation Street or you know, EastEnders. So there are there are yeah, the manuses. constant role in production means you don't necessarily yeah, get yeah, a yeah. chance to catch your breath and plan things in in huge depth and detail yes 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 so you know you yeah, in in this country of course in europe you have stuff like that too right uh, and uh, and the manga is 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 is, is actually manga mangas mangas one step one foot is in that very much so and the other foot is probably in the creative side uh for the artist but it's very very difficult for artists to break the mold um, and the vision—it's—it's it's usually usually stories that they try to do, try to try to challenge the uh, convention. But in terms of the visuals, it hasn't changed. In uh, it hasn't. I don't think it's. I, I think it's got stuck in what it is right now. In uh, maybe forty years ago, and and nothing's been changed since then. Really, it's surprising. Really, <laughs> lots of stories. Lots of genres and you know lots of um, concepts. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, there are lots of different sort of you know, audiences. But in terms of how to visualize, how to do the illustrations and all that, and all the methodology and the comic languages, it's, it hasn't. I don't think hasn't really changed since the um, well, I don't know, um, maybe late seventies or mid seventies. Uh, and people use machines, you know, people use um, iPads and all those tablets to speed up the process. But what they're doing uh, in terms of visual language, it's, it's really the same. 
and uh, I'm very critical about that. And because I know the uh, American comics, I know the French comics, I know the European comics, and they are very different. They are all different. And you can still read it and appreciate it. And uh, these are the comic books that, you know, I got, I got completely blown away and tried to, you know, try to do something like that, you know, in, you know, in my own terms, but I haven't, I haven't, I haven't been there yet. I haven't managed to get, you know, I haven't ma managed to, um, Get, get to that, get to that. <laughs> and there's also, uh, I mean, you'd have a better idea than me, but I, I don't know that there's a necessarily a sort of, uh, a sort of commercial or creative space in, in sort of manga publication for anything that's necessarily massively experimental or innovative in that uh, way. Yeah, exactly. It's not, not, not right now, not right no, now. Yeah. Yeah, there, there, was, there, there was time in the 60s. Yeah, yeah. You know. But about the sixties and uh, sort of through seventies, but then it just uh, it became just you know the industry itself became huge. It just became a huge money making machine, and so so the uh, the, the space for experimentation just became narrower and narrower and narrower. But of course, yeah. you by by travelling as you say to Europe and doing that foundation, so suddenly you're looking at all types of of fine art as well. Um, but I read an interview and you, you, you've also pointed towards uh, your experience of having a residency uh, in Angoulême in 2008 yeah. as being a huge sort of formative thing for you as well. Oh, it was, yeah, it was. And uh, yeah, <laughs> my, I think it was like my, my last, last chance that I had, uh, the, the, the chance I had last time, last time, last time I had a chance to be 100% free. <laughs> in, in whatever I was making, and uh, it's a great time because I mean, thing is, they, they they support art over there, and they're proud of you know art lovers, and uh, they 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 love comic books as too. You know, they just pay attention to comic books and uh, and support that. So you know, there's a lot of young people and a lot of talents who are supported by the pro their programs, and uh, you know, and and manage to publish their stuff and uh, make money and that's great uh, it's because the uh, the readership because of the readership it's it's well it's not as big as the ones the ones in america and japan of course not but uh, you know they can they can they can kind of you know sort of make make a living just about and uh, and get respect and that's that's very nice Having said that, the uh, French market is also struggling too a little bit commercially, so it's it's a balance. But when I went there in like uh, you know in 2000, period 2000, and, uh, it was good time. I mean, in last 10 years, I think it changed a little bit. But 90s and uh, early 2000, you know, it's uh, French scene was really really good. And Angoulême specifically seems like a sort of magical place. It's sort of known outside of France in terms of the, the sort of festival and the prizes and the exhibitions they have every January, but also there is that, that sort of permanent base, isn't there, for um, residencies and training that happens all year round. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's just a, it's a small village, you know. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a small village, but, but you know, suddenly there's a national museum, school and for comic books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and it's 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 uh, it's it's nationally founded. 
you know, so it's a national school. It's incredible. Uh, uh, yeah, so, but, but it, it's basically that the people don't mind paying paying money for it, you know, because it's tax money for that. You know, they respect that, so. Well, there is that whole, it's, you know, I always think in terms of the sort of Franco-Belgian tradition, it's a sort of, it's as much as it is commercially different to other places, it's also just culturally, it takes up a different space. It's thought of in a different way over there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, just the, that kind of attitude is just not there in Japan. And uh, it's probably over here as well a little bit. A good equivalence of, of, uh, of British case, I think, is, is probably the music. People are really passionate about music and very, very proud of their inheritance, you know. You got great musical movements through the 50s and 60s and 70s, you know, up to, up to just now. People really, really, you know, into music and try to express themselves. You, you know, young people form bands and do stuff, you know, try to be innovative, try to be new. And just imagine doing that in comics, and that, that's that's what's happening really um, in France, and uh, and probably yes in Japan as well because uh, young people can dream about becoming a professional manga artist and make lots of lots of money, <laughs> and winning winning a huge public respect. But it's very very competitive. But it's like running a band, rock band or pop band, and and dream about becoming a star. So yeah, so so that's 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 possible to do in Japan, but you know, it's a commercial pressure is there, and um, and you have to listen to what audience wants to read and all that stuff. It's more pressure definitely um, for manga for young people, but equivalent that you can imagine uh, or you can just think as as an example is is music. I think over here, pop music and rock music. Yeah, uh, British people are very proud of that sort of tradition and uh, that legacy and, and the fact that it is sort of something that's travelled internationally and is popular. Mm. So in terms of your own comics practice, uh, as you say, you sort of, having studied art, you, you sort of return to comics and then you, your trip to Angoulême sort of helps you to sort of expand your your own sort of repertoire in terms of techniques and, and ideas. And uh, I guess the next sort of, formative stage is your relationship with CAPE where you are a finalist of their uh, prize with the Observer and Comaker in 2010. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was lucky. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I didn't win it. I never won it. Uh, no, but it, uh, it gets a lot of entries, doesn't it? So I think getting to that final list of, you know, and going into the exhibition and getting into the paper and that is is uh it's a big deal it is yeah it's great and um, i'm really you know thankful the cape you know started doing that and um just open lots of you know open opportunity for great talent over here and uh yeah lucky i, I was i was lucky I, I was there from the start it started 2009 or 2008 i can't remember maybe 2007 and uh yeah i I kept on sending, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I got shortlisted for the first one, and uh, and but I couldn't win it. But I just remember that uh, Hannah won it, and uh, it's it's nice the later meeting her. Very nice, nice person, very active. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, and second, third time, you know, didn't get it, didn't uh, didn't get it. And fourth time, got shortlisted again. 
and uh, and I just decided to just contact the editor, just show them the idea, show, show him an idea. And that's the thing, isn't it? By entering the competition, you're not an unknown quantity when you approach an editor. You can sort of point to the entries mm -hmm. and they've, they've seen examples of your work and they know the fact that you've entered more than once shows that you have a dedication to it. So they're all sort of positive things that come out of it, even, as you say, without necessarily winning that prize. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, point is that, uh, you know, you just make people aware of your presence, you know. You're there and you're trying, pushing the door all the time. And they trust those people who, who are tough. Just okay. continuously trying, trying, because that's, that's the hardest bit, just continuation, continuing, continue doing it. And that results in Just So Happens, your debut book with Kate uh, being published yeah, in yeah, 2014. Yeah, yeah. Uh, gosh, a long time ago now. <laughs> <laughs> I was working at uh, Gosh Comics when it came out, and I remember it had a real ah. sort of splash when it arrived. It was a, 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 a gorgeous book. It sort of leapt out off the shelf immediately with the sort of the visual style and we sold tons of it so oh uh, yeah that was good yeah <laughs> yeah 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 i mean yeah, it came together nicely uh, <laughs> for sure yeah uh, but but the um i i, I guess I, I had a good editor too you know dan franklin was really good at uh, advising about visuals and things like that and he's very he's very encouraging he was very encouraging and I'm sure he's still, of course, very open-minded. And the nice thing as well yeah. is that Cape do spend money on the actual book itself. So the actual production value and design, it all just sort of like really did the work justice as well. So it's a nice addition. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a luxury. <laughs> <laughs> and then sort of bringing that up, uh, bringing things up to date a, a bit more, obviously, we're here predominantly to talk about The Garden, your collaboration yeah, yeah. with Sean that came out this year through Liminal 11. Hmm. How did you get involved in that project? I met Sean first time, 2018, I think. I went, I was back in Japan, I just went to see him. I mean, I was nearby, so. And uh, yeah, we chatted and I got, I suppose we got on okay. And then, and, and then Sean just later dropped, dropped me a line saying that, you know, I'm thinking about doing this kind of book with uh, this new publisher, would you like to be involved? And, uh, and I, I, you know, I said, yeah, 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 yes, please, because <laughs> I was desperate for, desperate for a comic book project. Mm -hmm. just, it, it was so long, you know, and uh, had to go back to it. And uh, Sean's very productive, and he's very, very quick as well. And uh, yeah, so he, and he's also very, you know, he, takes he takes initiatives very well. So, you know, so working with him was quite, quite a, big, a big learning curve for me, because I'm quite shy and hesitant, but he's, uh, he's, a, he's a real professional. And, uh, and he's very good at, you know, coming up with ideas. And he, he works really, you know, he's got, he's got, he, he's got the rhythm. How did you find the process of, of working from someone else's story and script? Because obviously it just so happens you wrote Andrew, so suddenly you're collaborating with someone else and helping to bring ideas to life. How did you find that sort of dynamic? Um, I worked uh, in an animation company before, 
So it was it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't so different actually. Well, in fact, um, uh, there were there were more constraints and I was more restricted uh, at, at animation company, surely. Uh, so working with uh, shown script was really straightforward, forward, and I find it very very easy. Um, you know, clear basically, uh, and uh, yeah, because it's just one you know just one to one. Uh, relationship, you know. So when I had unclear areas in his script, I could ask immediately. And um, and there, there there wasn't like much interve interve uh, interventions from Limno eleven. And they they gave us lots of uh, you know I mean I wouldn't say freedom, but they just they 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 made sure that uh, we could work at ease. And so, yeah, for me it was it was straightforward and nothing new because I, I, I went through more difficult, you know, periods of adaptation. <laughs> but from what I understand, your research for the project was very meticulous in terms of you learning about the process of gardening and and inspecting gardens and collecting research material. Yeah, that was that was hard. Yes. That was hard, actually, yeah, because I just you know, didn't have any prior knowledge about gardening. I was completely, you know, new to that. And I uh, went to speak to people, of course, and of course, Sean had somebody that, you know, who, who he got advices from. But it's, it's different, you know, because I, I, I was visualizing that. So I had to think about seasons and stuff like that, and also what kind of plants would go into this kind of setup in 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 the, in the garden. Uh, I mean, I couldn't really put all the details <laughs> that from my research into it. But when I was drawing the um, back backdrops, when I was drawing the uh, uh, Joanna's garden, the main character Joanna's garden, because I was making it up from scratch. And so, and 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 then and then I started thinking about where does the shadow, where does the sunlight come from? You know, when there's a sunlight come from, there's going to be a, a block of shadow, and some plants prefer being in the shadow, and you know, so on and so on. There are different kinds of uh, plants react 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 differently. Didn't know that, <laughs> so so I was like, you know, okay, I have to do that. Right, <laughs> uh, because I mean, because of the structure of the, the actual structure of the garden is was really up to me. I mean, Sean put up, you know, scenarios and, and uh, this action takes place, this action takes takes place. So I, I put all these, you know, I imagine the garden which can accommodate all all his instruction. And uh, it was a challenge, yeah, it was a challenge, but an interesting one as well, because uh, it was a good exercise for doing the uh, backgrounds. Well, I read that you'd taken 690 photographs <laughs> as, as reference, <laughs> yes, yes. and I was, I was impressed by that. But knowing now that in terms of like the compositional aspects you're, you're thinking about for the page are not just in terms of like the visual appeal and making it look nice and using all these different ideas but you're also thinking about practically how a, a garden would grow it does add another layer of uh, complexity to it so well done 
<laughs> Thanks, yeah, but no one notices it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I imagine it's probably important for you to know that, you know, yeah, yeah. this garden works as well. <laughs> In a way, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I mean, the I mean, thing is, I, I, yeah, is when I take photographs, I just cannot stop. And, uh, <laughs> and, and also, I, you know, I, I read how many photographs uh, the Studio Ghibli take for making one film. It's incredible. Right, right. So, so you know, like, you know, they were, you know, they always make a quality film because, you know, because of, because of the research. So, so I was like, you know, yeah, just have to do it that way, I thought. But uh, maybe I took too many. <laughs> <laughs> and I know, obviously, and, it, you know, I think it's obvious to anyone who looks at your work, but, but you know, colour is an important part of your work, isn't it? Like how, how you it, use it and how you put it together. Yeah, yeah, now, yes. I wasn't intending to, but uh, <laughs> it just grew. <laughs> and obviously, you know, a project like this with so much sort of nature built into it uh, gives you a, a, an immediate sort of canvas to work on, doesn't it? Mm, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think what was interesting, I think, I think you know, there's, there's a scene that um, she goes out, the main character goes out at night time and uh, switch on the lights uh, in the garden, in, you know, lights in the garden. Uh, uh, and uh, there's like a magical moment the near the near complete garden conjure up in the darkness. That kind of scene is it wouldn't have been from me. You know, I wouldn't do that because uh, I know how hard it would be <laughs> to illustrate. <laughs> it's good, but it's, it's a good challenge because uh, that that's one aspect I appreciate adapting somebody's script. I think because uh, yeah, there's no yeah. Because there's no filter of me thinking that would be too hard to do. So let's go for that one instead. But scriptwriters don't think that way. <laughs> so it's a good challenge for me. I mean, of course, uh, I mean, I could have gone for something very, very simple and easier. I could have, I could have said no to Sean. That's too hard. And I'm sure he could come up with um, a different scene. But, uh, you know, I normally go for what people ask me to do because there's always discovery there, you know. And there's a moment I push myself. Yeah, it's that nice thing about collaboration when the collaborators can sort of elevate one another's work by not even realising, uh, as you say, I don't think for Sean it's him sort of thinking, ha-ha, this will be difficult. It's him going, oh, this will be the, this is the best possible visual thing to happen in the story. Uh, and, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. In, and then for you it's sort of like oh this is a challenge but you, it, and as you say if you were writing it you could write a way around it but because it's him yeah so it's good the sort of the, you're pushing one another and elevating uh, all of your work I mean that's that's the way it should that's the way it should happen isn't it so it shouldn't it yeah well it's been incredibly well received I've seen it sort of uh, named among some of the graphic novels of the year by shops and, and whatnot so uh, congratulations. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. <laughs> Thank you. And I think we can, I'll say exclusively reveal, it might have already uh, gone live on the Liminal 11 news streams by now, but um, you and Sean are going to be working together again. Yes. And uh, it's not comic book. Uh, it's, uh, it's actually, I'm just illustrating his, his, his textbook, basically. It's a lot of words in it. It's a proper book. 
<laughs> and, uh, and about Japan. So, you know, he's got a lot of knowledge about Japan now. And um, so he's putting it out. But he, uh, yeah, he wanted me to illustrate that. The book's called Spirit of Japan. Uh, and it's yeah. essentially a sort of exploration of the uh, festivals and uh, rituals that are part of Japanese spiritual life. Which is probably not the stereotype that people have over here about Japan. But uh, we are very spiritual people. And again, I think it's, it, you know, it's got that sort of the dynamic between the two of you, obviously, where it's Sean writing about a country that he has lived in that isn't, you know, from. So he's sort of looking at as someone who lives there but still is an outsider so that sort of forces him to research things in a certain way and then you have the perspective of someone being from there to sort of uh, know mm. what to sort of emphasize and, and de-emphasize so again i think it's a uh, an excellent sort of way to collaborate yeah i've been struggling with the illustration that's <laughs> <laughs> because uh because i i normally if i were in japan i just go out and take photos but because I don't have that access now because of the uh, pandemic and um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually um, I think more than half of the uh, half of the illustrations are uh, made up really from my head well I don't like that I suppose I, yeah, I suppose I use photos too much maybe so this is a good moment to you know like create the backdrops and backgrounds from the scratch well also just you know from looking at your other books and your your work in general i would say the images that tend to come out of your head are generally uh, beautiful and wonderful so i don't think that's going to be a problem at all <laughs> thank you <laughs> but the images you saw from that book you know uh, so far i think they are based upon a photo <laughs> <laughs> Fumio, thanks so much for talking to us. A pleasure. Great, great. Thank you. Uh, congratulations on the garden and best of luck with uh, the rest of the Spirit of Japan. We look forward to seeing that as well. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm sure you know, we'll, we'll do all this again once the new book's out as well. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, look forward to it. Thank you. Thanks again to Fumio for talking to us and thank you for listening. See you next month. This show is a Holdfast Network production. Go to holdfastnetwork.com for other programs you may enjoy.